big day to be hanging out in this wonderful new studio. Wow. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today you can probably see my smile on my face if you're watching this, because I've got my good buddy, Tim Hammett. Tim, good what's going morning. on? Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. Welcome to the Visionary Studio. Is this not amazing? It looks absolutely beautiful. It's been uh, in the planning for a while, so it's good to see the finished product. I, uh, I think we, we'll have the naming rights for a while. The Visionary Wealth Advisors Studio for the Circuit So if I pay enough money, could I have my name yeah. as the Hammer yeah. Podcast Studio? We'll do that. The Tim Hammett or Hammer Podcast Studio. I think we could. Brought to you by the Hammer Studios. Uh, well, hey, man, we are here uh, today... And uh, it's hard to believe that we are nine plus years in the building Visionary Wealth Advisors. Can you believe that? Uh, it went so fast and it does seem like it's yesterday, but then you start to see we're getting older, our kids are getting older, and then you realize it's almost a decade. Yeah, it's crazy. Long Your time. kids were little, now you got one going to be graduating college soon. Yeah, yeah. 21, 19, and 16 now. Crazy. All of them driving. Crazy. Two in college. I got three teenagers now. I didn't even have a fourth kid when I we started say, the company. I was going to you just had your fourth child. I did. At the time, we were started Visionary Wealth Advisors, and then uh, on March 24, 2014, and then on, uh, see, that'd be April 29th, 2014, Asher was born. So one month into our business. So, well, we could reminisce about that, but I would like to go back, and uh, we're going to have all sorts of things we're going to talk about today. But let's go back in... Uh, do you remember the phone call when uh, you, you looked at your screen and it said Brett Gilliland or whatever you would have called me on your phone at that time? Um, do you remember the phone call uh, when I called you to talk about business advice? I do, just like it was yesterday. I remember where I was standing in my office. I remember looking out my window, looking out into uh, the parking lot of our prior business building. Um, just literally like it was yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Pretty crazy. And so when you think back on that, that, that call, because if, if my mind, uh, my memory serves me correctly, I believe it was about a four hour phone call that neither I, one of us had planned. That's right. Cause I think it would have been almost exactly at lunchtime about 12 noon. Yeah. And then, uh, I was in a prior meeting to that and that meeting always adjourns about noon. Yeah. And then you called. So I remember I called Tim and I, I, I was thinking to him and again, a little bit about this, uh, the history of visionary. And then uh, I also want to talk about values and what it means to uh, just your own personal beliefs, but then to a culture and just in you, you as a human being. Right. I think those are critically important. So um, but when we talk for four hours, I remember I called Tim and I was like, hey, what keeps you happy? Right. In, in your practice and thinking that I would get all sorts of great you know, news and wisdom and, and, you know, it'd be a 30 minute conference call and the rest is history. Well, that, that again, turned into a four hour conference call and us starting visionary wealth advisors. So for you, what was it that you wanted to take this leap? You wanted to take this step. You wanted to go out and start a company. You know, I've said it before, like it, it's, it's pretty difficult to think you're just going to go start this new wealth management company, right? A new ADV and new website and new logo and name and you know, people and real estate and all the stuff, right, that we've had to do over the years. But what was it about you that made you think, yeah, you know what, man, I can, I can pull that off? That's a phenomenal question. Um, I think at that stage in my professional life, I had been uh, in the industry for 22 years at that time. And I think there was a a desire 
to take the client relationships to a higher level, to have um, a deeper, more meaningful relationship with the clients. And I knew we could do it. Um, I knew there was opportunities in the marketplace to do that. I think culture is extremely important in any organization. And I was seeking, uh, again, to expand and grow beyond the culture that I was at at yeah. that time. Yeah. So now fast forwarding the nine, nine plus years and, and you're sitting here today and you're in our visionary studio. What do you, what do you think? How, how do you feel you, we pulled it off? It was hard. <laughs> I mean, I won't, <laughs> I won't lie. It was, was and is. It was and is. It's not easy to do uh, what we had done. But I think it was worth it. Every moment of it is worth it. Because I think the culture that we have today, and it's the people. You know, any organization is just made up of, of human beings. Wonderful human beings. And I tell my friends, my family, um, from both aspects, we have the best clients in the world, and we have the best teammates and associates that make up our day-to-day -day culture. And for me, that's worth it. You know, even if the business aspect of um, run, uh, running an organization, you know, profits and growth, even if those things were average, it was 100% worth it for culture and people. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, for me, it's having the, the trust and, and faith and attitude and action and beliefs and all those things in ourself. And I, I led with that word trust on purpose because you probably know where I'm going. And people that, especially people that work in our firm know uh, those words. If I ask anybody in our firm for those watching this, if, if I said name Tim Hammond's three values, they would be able to spit them off, right? Trust, respect, humility. Okay. Absolutely. So yeah. we're going to dive into values because I think that is so critically important for us as human beings and leaders and parents and, and spouses and friends is to have that values alignment, right? And I think our values can either be aligned or misaligned. And thankfully for us, our values have been aligned for nine plus years. So, but when I say trust, respect, humility, do you recall where you happen to find those three words that now you've made them part of your life. Do you remember like a process or where those came about, those three words? Absolutely, yeah. I had a business mentor and a business coach that I work with. Now it's been over probably 25 years ago. And Ted, who is still a very close friend of mine today, and Bob was my mentor, very wonderful people. And it's interesting because Ted had asked me a question, you know, what is important to me? What's the most important elements to my life? We would say values. And it took a long time to be able to articulate that. Um, it was a journey going back really to childhood, um, life experiences, I think through joy and tragedy, that makes up the fabric of a person's life. And we spent probably two to three years talking through that. And there was experiences um, that happened to me, I guess you'd say, or that impacted me as a younger person. And we came up with those three core values, trust, respect, humility. And I'll pause there for a second because you made a comment a minute ago about our professional and uh, personal relationship. And I'm convinced the reason that we've had such a successful period of time the last nine years is I have a deep values connection with you because I do feel respected. I do feel trust. 
uh, from you. I feel trusted. And then you treat me with humility. So as long as my values are being met and my needs are being met, um, I'm fulfilled as a person and as a professional. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. Let, let's elaborate on some of those. So trust, when you, again, let's pick that word only. Trust, what does that mean to you? How, do you? how does Tim Hammett define the word trust? I think trust is um, something that has to be earned over a period of time. And I think through consistency of um, behavior, consistency of doing what you say you're going to do, integrity, I might be able to earn someone's trust over a period of time. But obviously it can never be commanded or demanded, any of these values. Um, and I'll go backwards. I think maybe the context of this, early in my career, we're in the financial services industry. So um, as a younger person, I started when I was really age 22. Right. And you know, had no knowledge, had no life wisdom, had no experience. Um, the relationships with clients, were more transactional. They were. It was more of a, a commodity. The services that I was helping people with, and did not feel deep sense of trust. I hadn't earned it right. from my clients, and that feeling was so um, thin or so hollow. I did not want that as a professional as I age. Mm. That was really where it started from. Yeah, yeah. That's um, which probably then leads you into the word respect because why. Well, I think I had another good friend of mine that said, you know, any relationship, it can never thrive without respect. No mm -hmm. relationship can thrive without a foundation of respect. Two-way street, right? Yeah, very yeah, much so. Right. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yes. And, and let's pause there for a second because what I think I've learned over the last nine years is that when a relationship has not come to fruition or not been sustained, there has been a break in values. Yeah. Um, other, you know, businesses that we have to deal with, uh, you might call it vendors or other professionals, um, any of our team members, if there has not been trust, respect, and humility, the relationship hasn't thrived and ultimately it many times ceases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, so trust, respect, and humility. Define humility for me from your lens. Um, I think humility is putting another person's needs and desires above yourself, thinking of them first and serving them in that way. Uh, again, when people have shown me humility, it's been the most refreshing thing. I see that, you know, we see that I think in the business world, we see it in the sports world, um, performing arts, even just day-to-day -day life, moms and dads and uh, friends, uh, the people who usually have some of the greatest skill sets are the most humble. Yeah. They don't have to mention it. They don't have to talk about it. They embody it, um, and they're humble. That's, that's, I'm so, that's one of the greatest yeah. things I'm attracted that's to. A, that's a big attractor for you. Yes. Um, so, so value is obviously very important to trust, respect, humility. What advice would you have for somebody that's listening to this that they may not, they may know, kind of know their values, but you've got those things ingrained. People around you know what those are. What advice would you have for them to kind of get those ingrained into their, into their soul, right? Into their core of who they are as a human being and articulate those to people. How, what advice would you have for them? 
It's a very interesting question because I think when you ask someone, what are your core values? It's hard for people to articulate those. You know, they will, uh, they'll pause for a little bit. And I think if you ask them to go back in their life story, uh, I think it's in their life story that again, through joy and tragedy, if they reflect back on that, they will be able to define, it takes time, but they will be able to define what's most meaningful to them. Um, that's what I've asked people. And I love hearing people's stories. Yeah. Absolutely love it. I could probably sit for you know an entire gathering or get together and hear somebody's life story two or three hours. Maybe that's the Tim Tim Hammett podcast. That could be the Tim Hammett podcast. Your <laughs> tell life me story. your story. Tell me your Tim story. Hammett. Um, so when you think about uh, as a business owner, as a leader, as a husband, a spouse, you know all, all these things. Husband and spouse be the same thing, wouldn't it? Um, but as a person that you are, how do you deal with hard things? And then do you use the lens of trust, respect, humility to make decisions when things are very difficult? It's funny because many times if I'm dealing with something hard, it's probably because I've created it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's probably yeah. my error first. Yeah. Uh, so I think the first thing I try to do is I'll reflect on my feelings. I have to be in tune with my feelings. You know, we can think and we can feel. We have the head and we have the heart. So the very first thing I'll do is I'll push away from a situation and try to define, well, what am I feeling right now? And can I just peel that onion layer back? So is that like you sitting down, I know you carry your yellow notepad. I've got my journal everywhere I go, right? So yep. is that you with your yellow notepad? Is that you with just a random piece of paper? Like what is that process? Or is it just you thinking? Like you're not actually writing things down. Like what do you actually do when you say, what were my feelings? How am I feeling? What's that process like? I try to do it if I can in the moment. Okay. So I'll have some primary feelings, whether it's frustration or um, sadness, you know, anger. Who knows what the feeling is? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's joy. Sometimes it's uh, laughter, you know, uh, a lighthearted feeling. But I'll pause in the moment, especially if it's something that's conflicting. And I'll try to pause in the moment. And then if not, if I can't and I get too worked up or too fired up, then when I leave, if I'm driving in my car, if I'm at my home, if I'm back in my office, I need to take a few moments. And then I will also many times journal. I'll make notes to it. And that's what I was going to say. I think one of your strengths is somebody that's been able to watch us in the front row is you always show up very prepared and you show up with notes, right? Yes. Like bullet pointed. And I'm like, gosh, I wish I'd have done more of that, right? Like. I, I think that's for people listening. It's it's when when Tim deals with something good or bad, right? Even it doesn't have to be bad, right? Even that's right. something that's joyful, something great at work happens. I think you do a very good job of slowing down and articulating exactly what happened in that moment. Almost, and I assume this is again me thinking this um, about you is so you can almost edit, copy, edit, paste, right? Yes. I learned this good thing happened. Write it down. Now let's just go out and do that again, right? And do that again. Yeah, and it's interesting because I will have a feeling, and then if they have the feeling, then I need to be able to think about it. Can mm -hmm. I can I organize the thought? Can I speak it and articulate it? Yep. And ultimately, then that fourth stage is can I write it? And by the time I get to that stage, then I have probably gone through that cycle, and I've thought through it 
hopefully pretty clearly. Yeah. When there's power in writing, like I'm a big believer in writing down your goals every single day of, you know, of the next 90 days, write these goals down every single day. Cause I believe if I write them down every day, then they're probably going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would assume for you that writing is like that, that tattoo on the brain that remembers it and, and kind of again, get more of it. Yeah. And what it will also do, it's, I think it's pretty, um, therapeutic. That process lets the feeling subside or become more balanced, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, and then I can go back to the individual or to the person or to that event and deal with it, I would hope, in a healthy manner. Right, right. So I got asked uh, by a very smart person, actually, this morning. They're from our production team that's here, and they're crushing it, is uh, the 10,000-hour rule. Are you familiar with the 10,000-hour rule? I'm familiar with that rule. And so what is your thoughts on the 10,000-hour rule? I thought it was a great question, and I had my response. But I would, I'm curious on what your response is to somebody. If you had to give advice to somebody that learned about this 10,000-hour rule, what advice would you give them? Do you agree with it? Do you not agree with it? What are your thoughts on the 10,000-hour rule? I would... Th- I mean, I believe that there's a lot of truth to that. I think there's universal truths in life, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's 10,000 hours or, you know, 8,000 or 12,000 hours. Um, I've seen a quote that, you know, successful people will do ordinary tasks day in and day out that can be very boring, very rote, mm-hmm. very routine. Yeah. And they will ultimately deliver extraordinary results, which I think plays into this 10,000-hour rule philosophy. It takes numerous, numerous interactions of the same repetitive thing, probably before you master it. We've seen it in great sports. Again, uh, performers, uh, the music industry, uh, work, moms and dads, (laughs) right? You see these mothers day in and day out potentially doing the same tasks, fathers, blue collar laborers, white collar professionals. Very calmly, I read a book recently on humility. It was a phenomenal book. And it just talked about that, that day in and day out, people are serving their communities, doing things, then they're unnoticed, they're hidden, um, and they're incredible at what they do. But nowadays, unfortunately, it seems as though you know society is seeking to be recognized for their work. And there was an interesting definition that said, you know, success previously used to be doing a job extremely well. Well, nowadays, success might be doing the job well, but you must get public recognition for it. Hmm. Um, But back to your 10,000 hour rule, I would think that's true. Um, And it takes a long time repetitively over and over again. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a great answer. And I think um, similar to how I, I think about that rule, though, is that somebody can hear 10,000 hours and think that's a long time, right? I mean, the average work year, they say, is what, 2,000 hours, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're talking five years before you can, quote, unquote, master something. But usually successful people want to master something immediately, right? That, that's mm-hmm. kind of how we think. Mm-hmm. And so my my hope for people is they don't read something like that and think, oh, I'll never do that, or I'm not going to wait five years for it. So then it's the old paralysis by analysis, right? You, you're analyzing this thing so much that you just don't even go take action. And one of the circuits on the circuit of success is action, is you yes. got to go take action and kind of build the bridge as you're 
you know, walking across the river, right? And mm-hmm. so that's my only point. I thought it was a great question when I was asked earlier, and uh, so I wanted to get your perspective on it. So um, we talked about dealing with hard things. We talked about your, your values, so important. Um, but you mentioned a word earlier, too, that I think that you and I both agree with is, is huge in our culture and in a, a relationship is laughter. Yeah. Right? So yes. w- when you hear that laughter for anybody watching this, what, what would you talk about in the, in the work setting, you know, and just in life, how important is laughter? Well, lightheartedness is needed in any relationship and laughter. I think that also is, it's synergistic and it goes hand in hand, I would also say with humility. You know, you need to be able to laugh at yourself first. And as you would know, (laughs) certain tasks and things that I do uh, and certain behaviors that are classic Tim Hammett behaviors that are as silly and as goofy as can be, you have to be able to laugh at yourself. Yeah. Um, when I think when you see, they say, you know, again, um, very successful people performing their work at a really high level, it's joyful. Not always, obviously there's stressful moments, but uh, I've seen that in the sporting world. You see great athletes when they're in their zone, yep. right, and they're in flow. There's a book about that. When they are in flow, and in their zone, um, they're happy. And there's there's a lot of genetics that go into that. Right. Right? Yep. I, I'm, I'm smiling and laughing as you're saying this. I was even picturing just some laughter we had recently on a golf course. You know, you're able to laugh at yes. yourself, you know. But we have fun. It's funny. Fun. I laughed about that occurrence <laughs> over this weekend. So I'll tell you a quick story. So uh, Brett Gilland is an extremely good golfer. And uh, I am not. <laughs> so which makes him laugh so uh, when you're on the golf course there's golf etiquette part of golf etiquette is when the other player is getting ready to hit their ball <laughs> and hit a stroke hopefully everyone around them is quiet so they can focus and hit a good that's stroke right. That's right. so uh, I'm notorious uh, as I get uh, wound up and start to be kind of Mr. Fun Guy silly guy I might start talking and joking and I was joking with Brett as my own golf partner <laughs> in this tournament was getting ready to hit his ball. And it, you know, it's ridiculous. And it almost drives a guy like Brett just crazy. <laughs> Cause he's like, what are you doing? Please be quiet while your partner is hitting his ball. That's right. So classic Tim Hammett move. Right well, there. and so we're speaking of humility. I will also have some humility and say that I was the one handing cash over at the end of the day to you and your partner. That me and my partner lost. We in got the beat. history of our relationship, I've seen Brett Gilland do some of the most amazing things <laughs> on the golf course. I've seen him. I filmed him hitting a hole-in-one, his first hole-in-one, maybe your only hole-in-one right in there. your entire life. Is that right? That's right. Okay. And uh, it was absolutely dumb luck. I've seen him uh, shoot the course record at um, Red Tiger, world-famous golf course in Florida. He shot the course record. I witnessed that. But last week, I also witnessed for the first time in my career <laughs> beating Brett Gill and my team, and I cannot take any credit for this. I had an excellent partner, excellent partner. Uh, that's why we beat him. So yeah. it felt good to take your money. Well, I'm sure it did. That's good. That's great. Excellent. Congratulations. We're all real happy for you. Um, books, The Power of Reading. So, you know, I like to talk about 10 pages a day. I know you are a reader. I saw something, was it, uh, I can't remember who said it, but he said, all all readers are not leaders, but all leaders are readers. Mm. 
Greg, what? Uh, and it is. And uh, so when you hear that and you, you think about your reading uh, discipline, uh, how important is that to you? It's incredibly important. Um, I'll also go backwards really in the career. As a student uh, in college, I didn't really, I think, know how to truly academically study and read until I became a professional. And uh, it was one of the most life-changing things for me. It helped me with um, growing my career and growing my academic knowledge. And then as an adult, a series of key books. And I'm just amazed at how many great authors there are in the world. And so many words of wisdom. Um, Unbelievably helpful for me, though. So I, I do have a question for you. Let's do it. So the circuit of success it's a philosophy Mm -hmm. and then this has evolved into a very successful podcast so i'll i'll let you brag about yourself a little bit do you know how many followers you have i have no idea i try not to track the numbers uh because then i think you can get caught up with that I, i mean i have a somewhat of a sense of how many people listen every single week and watch on whether it's listen or watch i have a pretty good sense of it but i don't i don't follow it did you get i think um a type of a ranking at the end of the year they are able to rank different podcasts i think did i hear something like that we yeah we've been uh the podcast uh and again i don't know it exactly i should but it's like a top entrepreneurial podcast and, and business leader podcast i think i remember yeah, that. yeah yeah so i'll brag about you for a little bit is running a podcast is incredibly hard and i've said this to you numerous times yeah. and i'll say it again today to be able to deliver uh weekly content and to be able to do it consistently you have a passion about that so you know you couldn't force me to do this. I am not a <laughs> podcaster, right? right? Um, at all. But you have a passion for it. Yeah. So where did that passion come from? And and I'll start with that, and I'll have my secondary question about maybe the history of the philosophy of the circuit of success. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I like being uh, the flip the script here. Now you're the host. Um, but I think the passion comes from, uh, you said earlier, you love hearing people's stories. And I love hearing people's stories. I love learning how people, what makes them tick. I, I, I want to know, you know, about your values. I want to know, whatever, right? Any, I think you're the 300, we've had numerous interviews, but, you know, 339th interview. And wow. in and, and six years, the wealth of knowledge that I've been, given right by other people is why i continue to do it right to your point it's it's not easy but at the same time it's it's not um as difficult maybe as it seems when you're passionate about something so whether that's, that's right. podcasting wealth management you and i have that passion of helping clients it, it's it's not work when you're when you love what you do like i i was excited i couldn't wait to get to interview even though we've talked five million times i yep. couldn't wait for this podcast because i truly love hearing the nuggets that people share, the wisdom that they share, that they give um, on this podcast every single week. And then I get to take that information and share it with the world, right, through my platform. And then I get to share it, more importantly, with my kids, right? I think that's important with four boys. I come home all the time and say, guess what I learned today? And and share that with people. Because I also like to learn of what has somebody done. I think you've been in the business 30 years now. 
if I can learn from somebody for 30 years and then add that to my life, well, I've been doing it 22 years. If you're 30 plus year, I can just, I can shave 10 years off yep. of learning, right? Just by learning from you. And so that's why I love it. That's why I do it week in and week out is to hear stories and then share them with others. Our clients, I share stuff all the time in client meetings that I've learned from this podcast. What is that philosophy about that circle of success? Yep. There's different quadrants to that. Yeah. Talk about that. So the first one is your attitude. Uh, I believe that your attitude is everything. And I always say your attitude decides where you go. Your discipline will decide how fast you get there. And I have yet in 22 years seen anybody that's had a really bad attitude have long-term sustainable success. And so if I want to have long-term sustainable success, and you do, and so does the man or woman listening to this, well, I believe it's your attitude. And who is in control of your attitude is, is you, me, right? I'm in control of my attitude. Like, my alarm clock went off this morning just like yours did, right? And when it went off this morning, I could have said, oh, wow, I think I had, you know, a whopping three hours of awake time at home this weekend, right? Kids events and track meets and soccer games and baseball and golf and you name it, right? All the things. Uh, we're all busy in life, but I also could get up and have a great attitude and think about the blessings I've been given today. I can think about the people I get to surround myself with today, and think about how lucky I am to live the life that I'm living. Yes. That's my choice. That's my attitude. So that's the first one. Second is your belief system, right? So your belief system is important because from attitude to belief, there's this thing called rejection. We all get it. Everybody listen to this podcast. We get rejection every single day. Your attitude decides how you're going to react to that, but your belief system, like something to your core, decides what you do with it from there. So I have a deep belief in God. There's a higher power. Okay, I have a belief in myself. There's the humble humility side, but you also have to believe in yourself. You wouldn't be where yes. you are if you didn't believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe in goal planning and goal achievement. Okay, believe in a process, whatever that process is. We have our process at Visionary. Somebody else listening to this has their process. You have to be, believe in that to your core or that rejection will just, it'll take you out. It will, you'll buckle your knees and you're done. It's over with. Then from your belief system down to actions, there's this thing called faith, not just faith in a higher power. But when you start in the business, they told you what? Go make 40 phone calls. Go get five referrals. You can build a financial planning practice. You had no yep. idea. You were a 22-year-old punk kid, right? You did no idea. But you went and you did those things and you did more of it. And you had faith and you continue to build your faith. And if you and I are having discussions today, you may say, hey, we need to do this, this, and this. And if I don't see it from that lens, but I trust you, I respect you, I'm going to have faith that what Tim Hammond is saying is going to work. Yep. And then I have to go take action, right? Action. 10,000 hours, or do I take action today? Minute one, minute two, and then eventually I will get to 10,000 hours. Then you got courage, perse perseverance, and discipline. Yeah, there's, there, it takes those three things to go out and get the ultimate one, which is the last quadrant of the circuit of success is results. And I always, I always put it this way, for the St. Louis Cardinals, if you walk into the Cardinal game, the thing you look at the most is what? The Jumbotron. Yep. How many times did I get out? What's my batting average? What's the score? How many errors? You know, how many hits do I have runners in scoring position? There's all the results you would ever want, and they're not getting good results right now, but all the results you would ever want are right there in a Jumbotron. In life, we don't have that. There's not a visionary Jumbotron when you walk in the office to see how is Tim Hammett doing. Right, But your attitude, your belief, your actions ultimately get the results that you want, and then that creates a new vision. 
So I share all the time that I've got these journals, and it goes back to 2005, July of 05, that from those, those results have created a new vision. Things I wanted to do when I was 23 are different than I said here at 45, right? Vision's way different. And so then I go back. That vision then carries me to my attitude. What's my attitude? My beliefs, my actions, and my results. So, so I'll say back. Tim Hammett classic. Let me classic. tell you back. I'll say back what I hear you say. So for the circuit of success, attitude starts with attitude. Yep. You have beliefs. Part of those beliefs, faith. One of the most important, again, faith in God, faith in yourself. Action. Mm-hmm. Taking action. Ultimately, action then will deliver results. That's right. And I think you have a, a symbol, really, or almost an insignia, and it's a circle, right? Yeah. Obviously, the circle of success. Yeah. And there's four quadrants inside that circle. That's right. And I know you quite well, really, probably housed and protected by belief in God. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this journal then, because you, in the past, really, I think, you know, 90 to 120 days have printed and developed a journal that is, I believe, for sale on Amazon. That's right. uh, For the public to buy. And how did that come to fruition? Well, I didn't know. This wasn't part of my planning, so I didn't know you were going to ask me questions. So uh, it's a nice surprise. But I I would just say it's been 20 plus years of, of things coming together that I wanted to have in one spot. And I think, you know, whether it's your phone or your iPad and computer to a piece of paper, um, I wanted to have a game plan for me that it took all the emotion out of my day. And, and so, okay, I need to do this or I need to do that. And, for, you know, and so when I look at my, you know, the daily, the daily planner from my water intake to what I'm grateful for, my goals, what I'm most proud of, my biggest challenge, my try something new, who did I help? You know, writing down my goals every single day that are the next 90 day goals, uh, my reading, my exercise, it's all in one spot, right? And so it takes the emotion out of, did I do this? Did I do that? Because I think as humans, especially people that, you know, uh, wanting, wanting to achieve a future greater than their past, hence the name of the, of the journal, um, is there's a lot of things that we got to go do, right? And, and you're a busy, busy business leader and you have a, you know, wife and three kids and, I wanted a, a person that's busy that could go to this and, and have one spot, some pre-work, do 90 days, post-work, ask yourself some very challenging questions, go through a gratitude worksheet, and then regroup and do the next 90 days, right? So this is a game plan that will take you, you know, quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter through a successful uh, life that I think that I've learned from other people, I've learned from you, I've learned from my clients, and have put it all in one spot so you can go out and achieve the success that you want to have. It's interesting to talk again about these universal truths. And again, a recent book that I had read, it talked about the need for us to have um, self-reflection, right? And accountability, self-assessment. And I know you're big on that. And I think that's what this book will help as a tool. Yeah. And then my last interview question as I pirate the interview today. Uh, welcome to the Tim Hammett uh, Trust, Humility, Respect podcast. <laughs> is we're sitting in a podcast studio in the Visionary Building in O'Fallon, Illinois. Yep. And so to watch you develop this from, you know, purchasing 
microphones and purchasing um, lights and a soundboard or an editing board and software to doing this in your office to doing it in um, your home. And now we're sitting in a podcast studio. Yeah. So what does this feel like? Well, it's funny. So I'm going to tell a little story. And uh, so one, it feels amazing. It's it's kind of unreal. And, uh, you know, you, and I think today is the first day of utilizing the podcast. Can I say I'm the first guest? You are the first podcast guest, guest in the studio. We did a Facebook Live uh, event in here with Elizabeth and That's Katie. Exactly right. And That's right. Um, and so it wasn't totally complete at the time, but this is the first official podcast interview in the studio. And you're going to take this Sharpie and you're going to write on the wall. You're going to be the first one to write on the wall. Uh, but I want to, if I can, I want to tell a story that I think it's kind of full circle. And I believe in manifesting things in your life. If you put things out there and you go public and you share your goals, you share your dreams with people, that doesn't mean you're going to hit every single goal, right, in life. But I have just seen it for decades of sharing goals with people and then things happen. How they happen, I have no idea how they happen. So what people don't see right now is they th they see three amazing dudes sitting here. Uh, I have a dream that is, uh, I don't listen to the full interviews and I, I won't say the name because I'm sure some people would be pissed off if I listen to this guy or don't listen to this guy, but a, a big podcaster has a guy that he can always say his name and they'll pull stuff on the screen and they do production and they do video. I have a dream to have my own team one day. Okay. I just put it out there. I tell people my goal is to have this person because then I'm, I'm usually the guy that's doing the buttons and doing the cameras and all while I'm trying to interview people and have fun. And now we've got three dudes sitting here that are amazing. You got all this equipment in our studio that we've invested in. And you know how that happened? It happened on a plane ride. And you know how it happened when a plane ride, I didn't fly for eight years because of fear. I got on an airplane and I watched these dudes, especially that dude right there. He happened to sit right next to me. He, you know, he had no clue. He told me this morning that I was, you know, I was scared to death and praying. Him. And well, no, I was praying to God that we're not going to crash, you know, like all these things, right? And, but I watched him work. And then I see his guy on the window seat. He's working and, uh, and they're pulling up this guy named Tim Grover. Tim Grover, for people like me in my world, is a big deal. Like that's Michael Jordan made the statement. Without Tim Grover, I wouldn't have been Michael Jordan. Do you need any more endorsement if you're Tim Grover? No, you don't. And so these dudes are working their magic, and I'm like, holy crap, that's Tim Grover. But people don't like to talk on airplanes. I didn't want to bother them. They're working. And, and then, you know, you got to put everything away. We're getting ready to land. And uh, I said, Tim Grover, I said something to him. What do you guys do? And he starts talking. And I'm thinking, oh, these are some big shots from, like, Chicago or L.A. or something if they're working with Tim Grover and – and blah, blah, blah. We start talking for the next 30 minutes. Because you're flying to Florida. I'm flying to time. Florida to our office to meet Louis you. To yes. And, and here these guys are working. And uh, and so they're like, yeah, we, we live in St. Louis. And, you know, he comes down and films some stuff. And we're heading to a conference. We're going to film some people. I'm like, holy smokes. And we keep talking. And, you know, they're, one of their other guys is not here. He's pretty passionate, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he's a pretty passionate guy. They're shaking their heads and laughing, and now he's in, right? He sees, he sees Visionary Wealth Advisors, a, a successful wealth management firm. He sees the podcast. He's, he's locked in on what I'm doing, right? And now we're, we're walking to the baggage claims, and, and I'm seeing all this equipment. And, you know, 
this is a long story, but I, I believe in manifesting in life. And I don't even remember what your original question was, but, uh, oh, the, the coolness of this. It's even cooler to think to have these guys sitting here for our first interview and to think that's a dream and then it happens and you don't really even know how it happens. Right. And so it's just amazing. And uh, so I thank you guys for being here. It's pretty cool. And Joey reached out to me and he's like, hey, man, we want to work with you. We want to work with some guys in St. Louis. You're one of them. Can we make it happen? I'm like, let's give it a shot, man. Let's go. And, and now here we are. And that was like Thursday. And this is a Monday. And now we got a whole crew of guys here and cameras and lights and all this stuff. So I just I think, again, for people listening, man, it's like share your goals, share your dreams share your aspirations, share them with the business partner. And then that trust, respect, humility that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. you could, I shouldn't say care less. You do care. You were very supportive of me doing this, but why did you, cause you had to invest money in this too. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he invests money in somebody else's dream. And, and I just think it's cool. The whole thing comes full circle and it's just, it's amazing to sit here and, you know, to think I had to call you and say, Hey, we're going to buy this really expensive table. Are you cool with that? Yep. I trust you. Right. I respect mm-hmm. you. Right, we're gonna make this happen. We're gonna figure it out, and uh, it's just really cool, man. Well, I'll I'll comment a little bit on that. Is another classic line I always talk about is everyone has a brilliance. Mm-hmm. Not that I by any means created that. Right, there's great philosophers and um, authors who have spoken about that, but this clearly is your brilliance. You have passion for it. Um, you're talented at it. Uh, passion, right? Yep. And so when you see someone working in their brilliance, it's it's inspiring. And I think that's part of your word, I think, for your uh, inspiring podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have no desire for that. Yep. And my wife and I were just talking about this a week ago, um, and I was bragging to my wife about you. And I said, you know what, if I needed to hire someone or invest in an entity like these professional men and women who do this for a living, you know, it costs hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, even more than that, I'm sure. Right. right? Yep. Um, so I'm glad you're doing it. And, uh, and to see it come to fruition, it's, it's awesome. Well, thank you. And I appreciate your support, man. It's been, uh, it's been awesome. And so we're going to turn this back to the Circuit of Success hosted by Brett Gilliland. And I'm going to ask you one final question. Yes. If you had to go back and tell Tim Hammett, give him some advice. Let's, let's go. You got a 10 year advice you got to give him. So right when we're thinking about starting visionary, give that Tim Hammett some advice and then just give Tim Hammett, the younger version, some advice just for life, right? What, what advice would you have for Tim? That's, it's interesting because each year, and I've, I've, I've actually been laxed on this for a couple of years, but then this year I've, I've started the process again. You've heard people say they might choose a word for the year, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And it's a theme. And um, my wife is excellent about that. She has uh, a group of women that uh, she's very close with, and they've done this for years. So the word for this year is grace. Uh, I have... Uh, a psychologist that I work with and he and I talked through this and my wife and I talked through this, you know, what was the definition of grace and it's to maybe show someone, uh, really love and support that's unmerited. It's unstated, right? Unmerited 
unstated, mm-hmm. and so um, and unrequested. That was the third element to it. And so what I'd done, I'd gotten a picture of myself as a third grade child. <laughs> so it's funny you're asking this question because uh, Roger, Roger Hall, uh, unbelievably good person. So as Roger and I talked about this, you know, I said, well, I think we all have a child within. So what would I say or how would I show grace to that child within as a third grader? And I think <laughs> all of us could do that. You know, so bad. what advice you say, what I do? Well, if I go back to say Tim Hammett or in those days, everybody would call me Timmy. Um, I show him grace. Show you grace, you know, show myself grace today. Um, that'd be the first thing I do. <laughs> and I would also say, uh, trust your feelings. Feelings are generally correct 99% of the time, yep. good or bad. Trust feelings and be yourself. Be your genuine, authentic self. I think that's one reason why this works now, because I think I can be my genuine, authentic self with our business partnership, our friendship, the firm, the culture, um, and then define your values. Spend time, they say, in the classroom of silence. Think, define your values. Trust your feelings. Show yourself grace. Love it. Man, thanks so much for being with me on the first podcast edition with I'm these three honored. amazing dudes. We got a team sitting here, and uh, it's been awesome having you on the Circuit of Success, my man. Be good. Love you.